You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest, darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 27th of March, 2014. It feels so good to say 27th of March, 2014. Um, at least <laughs> out, out, out here in the East where it's um, still got awful, but getting better. <laughs> yeah, Jim Hedger, social media, joined as always by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Dave, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, and... Uh... You know what? It, it's it's Thursday, so yeah. so that's great because that means we're almost at Saturday. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? This week that's even that's even cooler for me because Saturday means we're almost at Sunday, which means we're almost at Monday, which is the day I fly to New York to go to the the Click Z conference in New York. Okay, that's exciting. That is exciting. So you're like it's a New weekend York. away. I'm just a weekend away. I know it's New York City. It's the you know, arguably the, the the largest of the um, of the Click Z conferences, formerly Search Engine Strategies conferences, now Click Z, and uh, yeah, that's happening um, next week, um, New York at the Times Square Marriott from the uh, well, I guess from Monday the thirty first till the uh, till next Thursday the third. So next week I'll be doing the show live from New York. Awesome, it's always fun. But it won't be Saturday night. Too bad. Otherwise, that would just work out so well. Indeed, indeed. But I get to say live from New York anyway, and I don't know why. It's still a thrill to do that. Oh, I can't believe you. Yeah, that's a that's an outstanding show, and uh, I, I look forward to chatting with you. And I'm sure I'll have a a whole litany of questions about uh, about what's going on, and uh, you know, I'll just be watching from the sidelines, reading the tweets and blogs. Well, you know, this year, and and, and we'll, we'll touch on this in the news section in, in a few seconds. But this year is going to be especially fun because I understand there's a learn with Google at Click Z session <laughs> learn with google and you know i can think of seven or eight people who i know are going to be at the click c conference in new york who have some questions they want to ask google <laughs> so you do i'm gonna go i'm gonna be there i want to learn with google i really really want to learn with google 
Um, and again, we'll talk about that in a second. Coming up on the show, after our first break, we're going to have Alan Kinnack. Uh, full disclosure, Alan's my business partner, but there's a good reason to have him here. Alan Kinnack and Adam Prohl. Um, Adam is managing partner at NordClick, NordicClick in, uh, in Minneapolis. And Adam and Alan gave a uh, what was described as the premier presentation of the PubCon conference in New Orleans last week. They did a, um, a joint tag team. Like they, they presented at the same time. Um, on social media measurement. Now, there's a lot more to social media measurement than most people get, and it's going to be great having having Alan and Adam come on the show in a few minutes, or in, in a few minutes after after our first break for the second segment. Um, but a lot happened this week. It's been a really busy week, and uh, I think the, the thing that stood out most this week, the the, the big story um, outside of the SEO community, was Facebook's um, purchase of Ocular Rift. Ocular yeah. Story, sorry, like. You've been way into this. I've been way into it. What happened? Um, they decided to break my heart, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they and they sold to Facebook. Um, yeah, I've been I've been waiting. I've used it a few times, um, you know, at, at different conventions and stuff. That's right. I attend conventions where that's the sort of thing that they have there. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it's I, I've used it. I've loved it. My kids and I have chatted about it. So many times, how are we going to split up time? How are we going to like split? You know, we we've already figured out how to. The only hard part was, do we go with the Dev Two Kit that that's just uh, just well, it's not even available yet, but it's available for pre order, or do we wait for the commercial version? That was the only question we had. Um, and then the second this announced, it became a question of, oh, I wonder what PlayStation is doing. I hear they have something kind of like this. <laughs> okay, just to uh, to to refresh our. Our listeners' memories, um, Oculus Rift is virtual reality technology. It's this, well, currently it's a rather bulky, large mask you, you place on your face and you're in the environment. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, they've done a, a really, really good job. Um, the hurdle they had to do technically here, and I can understand why any company would want the technology that they patented here. Um, the big hurdle they had was really reducing the latency between a movement of your head and a movement of what was appearing on the screen. The earlier versions made a lot of people sick, not of the Oculus Rift, but of um, you know no, different virtual. attempts at doing this. Yeah, um, sure. They nailed it. Um, to where slight movements showed slight movements. Uh, you know, we were playing games where you would just look at different things and it would create actions or, or you know, coordinate with keyboards. NASA was in there letting you roam around Mars. I mean, it was a, a great, great thing. And, and that, um, yeah, that sounds all amazing, Dave. But, like, so what's wrong with Facebook buying it? Facebook has the, certainly has the money to further develop it. It has um, the user base to come up with a gajillion different ways to use it. And I mean, like my my first thought was that Facebook was going to become that William Golding cyberspace environment that you know we we romanced about in the in the nineties. Yeah, I think. I mean, it was funny. the The first thing when uh, when I was hearing about it, um, you know, and then you know, Facebook, you know, Mark's up there and he's he's talking about it and he's like, "Oh, this is just it's like teleportation, this and that." And I was like, "You know what?" It's, it's you wished you were Richard Branson building spaceships, and so you're trying to do something cool, um, but he's, he's going to just drop it. Like, I, I can sort of, I can see the future. Uh, and it is, they're not going to treat this right. And it's, it's interesting, because if Google had bought it, 
Um, you know, still wouldn't have loved it, still would have, and you touched on it earlier. Um, we can certainly get into it. I know you, you have some solid opinions on the Kickstarter side of things. Um, but if Google had come in and purchased the thing, I'd go, you know what? Google is actually pretty good at going, we've got this thing. It fits this compartment. We're going to leave, you know, YouTube, for example, we're going to leave it running. You also got to remember who works for Google. Ray Kurzweiler is yeah. their um, their chief futurist, and Kurzweiler's um, well. One of the things Kurzweiler is, is is known for is his idea of singularity. You know, where we and the machine can be the same thing, right? And this um, is a great example of that in in full force. I mean, it's <laughs> it's 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 really quite quite immersive. Um, it's a it's a completely different thing. If you haven't used it, it's not like any. Thing you've done before? No, I'm, I'm, and I've not used it. I'm 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 fascinated by the idea. Um, I'm I'm earlier. Uh, I think it was Michelle Stinson Ross, uh, social media expert. Michelle Stinson Ross works at, at Office.com in in Houston. She put up a um, a, a post on Facebook, um, and she was kind of disappointed in in, in the purchase, but. Um, you know, thinking in, I think along your lines that Facebook is likely to sort of spoil the original promise of it. Um, but it occurs to me, I mean, what an incredible environment for a 3D interactive space, for a where I'm fully immersed in whatever. Oh, it, and there's no doubt. I mean, if if Facebook can do the right thing with it, if, if, if you know, we got to dictate what Facebook, not that I'm saying I'd do a great job with it either because I don't, you know, do that sort of thing, but... Um, you know, if, if it could be driven in the right direction to be something awesome, um, then it'd be great. What I loved about it when it was just Oculus was game developers all over the world were excited about it. Minecraft, an hour after they announced the partnership, said, we're not doing this anymore. Like, they were building for Oculus and went, no, <laughs> we're not doing this anymore. That's huge. Um, that's, that's huge. And, I mean, that's, that's a sign of, of what I think was coming. The great thing about it is developers all over the world were building great things for it um and now under the facebook umbrella i just don't see that happening whereas if say somebody like google and again to to go back to them because they were the only other likely one had bought it well there's already a bunch of developers in there who are used to building stuff for free and seeing if they can make money off it at the end (laughs) i mean and i know they're there for facebook too but um i think it's just it's just a shame just for just, I mean, just just for the record, Facebook has come out and said, "Look, we're going we're going to let Oculus be its own animal." Still, if people are developing for Oculus, Oculus will still support you. No one's going to stop you from creating your own gaming content. Now, again, I I think it's in Facebook's interest to <laughs> have people develop Leave it alone. Oculus. Um, it's very much in their interest. So currently, um, then the, you know the D, the developer kit, the DK two. I I think you should still buy it. To be honest. Think of the people who uh, started Farmville, and then they got bought by Zanga. Yeah, no, that's first, that's a good first point. one in. <laughs> first one in by strengths. That's what I always say. Uh, but no, it, it is true. Um, what I hope they can get, and, and one of the things that I was, I actually didn't foresee this one. I foresaw, and I'm sure it's clear in, in what I'm saying. Google as the the natural. Um, in it, and just saw this environment where, hey, I can have this on, and you have cameras everywhere, you have everything everywhere. I can sit down anywhere, put these things on. You know, next generation, just let me have a, you know, put a camera on the front, let me see out, and change my environment around me. It was it was the natural thing I I saw Google doing. Obviously, they didn't, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it was a play by Facebook just to go, oh, 
God, Google's going to buy another one. No. <laughs> and uh, take know, them out. I, I, I'd like to refer um, all listeners to a short story by Ray Bradbury called The Veld. Just, just to note that. And if you haven't read the story, look it up. It's worth it. Um, people donated a Kickstarter campaign to make this happen. Back in uh, the summer of 2012... Yep. Like, I'm guessing back in you know the the, the winter of 2012, a couple of, a couple folks had an idea. They took it to Kickstarter and they said, "Fund us, please, help us get this together." By September 1st, 2012, they had j- just shy of two and a half million dollars. They wanted two hundred and fifty thousand. They got ten times that amount, two and a half million. And that was <laughs> that that was people out on the web, just folks donating to see this really cool thing happen. Yeah. Flash ahead eighteen months. And they sell to Facebook for about a thousand times what the Kickstarter community gave them. There are people in the Kickstarter community, people who donated to them, who are feeling um, betrayed. betrayed. Would be the right yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Like, on one side, you know, you'd think, well, you know, you donated to see this technology developed. It's been developed, and this is what happens when technology gets developed. But on the other, you know, that opens the question. If you do take Kickstarter money, do you have an obligation to the people who, who backed you? What what obligation do you have? Well, that's a great question. And, I mean, the, the thing is, in my opinion anyway, you need to know that when you're invested or when you're, you know, backing somebody in Kickstarter is, you know, the goal is for them to become huge. Well, any company that becomes huge, the goal is to be acquired. <laughs> That's the way this this story goes. Um, anybody who really thought about it would have known, yes, there will be an acquisition of this if it works out. Um, I think it's in part who they sold to. Um, if they had been acquired by even Microsoft for like Xbox consoles or something, it would have been a different reaction, I think, than if uh, if Facebook got it. I know part of the the issue for uh, the developers of Minecraft was no, it's Facebook, no. <laughs> so so let's get out um, to make you know to to be in a world now, and and you and I are old enough to remember the world where Microsoft was the evil, um, but to be in a world now where they would be you know the better thing <laughs> than what they're dealing with, yeah, um, you know it's interesting. But there were more acquisitions this week. Been, there have been. One. There have been some, some fairly stunning ones. Um, what do we got here? We have Clout being sold to... Being sold to I don't know why I find this funny, but Lithium Bottom. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Anyway, Clout got sold, so I don't know what that does for their status. I guess it uh, bumps them up to the better restaurants. That's a perk. <laughs> that is a perk. Hey, it's a Clout perk. Um yeah, I, I don't even know what to make of this one. I, I've never been a, a massive fan of clout to begin with. I, I don't know if this is a good idea. Lithium's about to go uh, IPO. Okay. Um, you know, obviously they wanted to make some a little bit of a splash. Um, but, I mean, is it worth $200 million? I, I don't know. You, I you know so. my take. You, you think so? I think so. And I, I I don't know if Adam and Alan in uh, in the next segment are going to confirm um, my my what I'm about to say. But on one side, I think the cloud score is kind of a joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's really easy to manipulate. On the other side, I have a very high cloud score, and <laughs> I have used that very high cloud score. I've exploited it. I've gotten what I've wanted because of it. So it's useful. Kind of bunker, oh, sh- it's oh, sure. It's it's useful, but would you pay for that? 
would I pay? Would I to pay be a member of Cloud Scoring? Yeah, because I can think of a hundred ways to monetize that. <laughs> hundred one ways to monetize it. Yeah. Um, now the now scale is the issue here, right? Two hundred million is a lot of money. Yeah. It's not the uh, two billion that uh, Oculus Rift got for to from Facebook, but two hundred million is still a lot of change. The scale they get to work at, though, I mean, Clout gets to measure everyone on Facebook if, if people on Facebook sign up for them, everyone on Twitter, you know? Their market is enormous and growing. Yeah. Um, and everybody loves to be told they're doing better than the next guy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, from that angle, I think it's great. <laughs> from, from just that pure, like, you know, do, do you know your Clout score or do I? Well, of course we do. We're marketers. Of course, everybody knows, you know, their Clout score in our industry. Um, but you know what? It's it's just one of those times again where I am continuously getting bothered with Oculus. I actually don't mind so much its valuation because of the intellectual uh, sort of value of what what they're producing. But in something like this, where it's it's the the value of the company is so far past what they can actually generate in revenue um, that I just don't understand it. <laughs> you want something that will really. Tick you off? I mean, really, 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 knock you off your knock you off your chair. Go for it. Yesterday, King Digital Entertainment did a five hundred million dollar IPO. These <coughs> guys who make Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Five hundred million dollars. They have one game that's making them a lot of money. They have 180 games in their in their in their in their repertoire, but they have one game that's making them just oodles of money: Candy Crush. They they IPO'd around the 500 million mark yesterday. Like what a what a fragile stock that is. 200 million for clout. Okay, I, I can actually see that. In my <laughs> okay, if we're gonna compare that with 500 for Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Actually, I, I will change that. Candy Crush makes money. <laughs> like, so at least it has that going for it. You got, um, a, point. Yeah. You got a point. I'm not going to argue that. Um, <laughs> please don't send me any game invites. I'm not the damn stock. I'm not playing the damn game. <laughs> okay, we got we got one minute before we got to go to break, and then we're going to be coming back with um, Alan Kinect and Adam Prohl. Uh, before we do, I want to get a personal plug in. There's a high school in, in uh, West Toronto, Runnymede High School. They have a robotics club. Now, this robotics club, that, 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 this robotics club is rated third in the world. Okay? Mm-hmm. There are Toronto area high school with a robotics club that's rated number three in the world. There's a world championship in St. Louis, Missouri, happening, um, I, be, I believe, in the middle of May. They want to yep. get there. There's a GoFundMe campaign um, for Runnymede Robotics. And if anybody's interested in helping a project that is really cool, street level, getting kids involved and being smart geeks, um, I'd, I'd ask them to, you know, got 20 bucks hanging around your uh, PayPal account. This is a good place to throw it. Um, anyway, let's go find, if, at GoFundMe, look up Runnymede Robotics if you're at all interested in helping some Toronto kids achieve, like, some, some potential. Like, some potential, my goodness. This is a, a, a totally worthy cause. Wanted to get that in there. Excellent. Well, I, that does sound great. 
Um, as a matter of fact, I'm actually trying to get the uh, coordinator of the program on the show in a, in a couple of weeks, somewhere around like April 10th, just for a, a quick interview and on how that program's going. Because I'm so impressed that a bunch of kids in in West Toronto could be third in the world <coughs> in robotics. I mean, wow, good for them. I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Okay, we got to take a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 27th of March, 2014. Stick around. We're coming back with two guys who th- who presented what has been called one of the best presentations folks had ever saw. Happened at the PubCon conference last week in New Orleans. Um, Alan Connect from Digital Always Media and um, Adam Prohl from Nordic Click. They're going to be joining us after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile Presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. On top of the World Wide Web as an elite class of multi-billion dollar entrepreneurs and entities with accolades and accomplishments that we want to achieve. WebmasterRadio.fm has assembled an elite society of experts with combined decades of knowledge here to extend their extensive knowledge base to you. 
Tim Ash, Bennett Kelly, Ross Dunn, Jillian Music, John Carcutt, Dave Davies, Josh Ramachandran, Jim Hedges, Gwen Angler, Maria Retan, Michael Neal, and Lori Ruff. From certain social marketing to affiliate marketing to the culture and business of all areas of internet marketing, we can help your business emerge to the epicenter of the internet marketing community. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education, engagement, and a drive for excellence. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn so you can reach us before and after every program. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on-air or on-demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It's the 27th of March, 2014, and Dave and I are joined via Skype by Alan Connect, also from Digital Always Media, and Adam Prohl, Managing Director of NordicClick. Um, Adam and Alan did a presentation in New Orleans last week at PubCon that got, um, well, let me, let me read some of the reviews. Uh, the, 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 don't take my word for it. Take Bruce Clay Incorporated's words for it. What is the measurement slash signal that brands forget to think about? A Connect, Adam Prohl, dish it out, exclamation mark. Uh, Kenny Davis said, best segment at PubCon. Uh, Susan Whalen wrote, wait a minute, social media and, and alcoholic prizes? This session is my dream come true. Imagine if it had been done in Denver, eh? Um, <laughs> Virginia Nossi, Alan Connect, Adam Prohl, Preza was interactive, entertaining, and informative, so it wins all around at PubCon. Gentlemen, what did you guys do to get those kind of reviews? Uh, I'll take the lead. Uh, Adam and I uh, had a conversation when we were, we've known each other for a number of years because of speaking at conferences and only once have we ever been on the same panel. But we realized our time slot was the last session of the conference. Eh. Only thing after us was a wrap-up you know, type of keynote. And we know after three days of any conference, let alone one in New Orleans, when there's interactive social networking events every night, that by 1.30 on a Thursday afternoon, people were not going to be you know, full of energy. So we knew we had to bring it. So we said we got to be innovative. And when we started talking about what I wanted to talk about and what Adam wanted to talk about, we said, we want to talk about the same thing. So we said, let's, you know... Sh- Lend our decks together and do one great interactive, high-energy session. And, we, and as Adam said, we were either going to come across as the big superstars of the event or look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately, Adam, which one were we? Well, I was going to say, and to be quite truthful, we were even okay if we looked like idiots as long as we were still superstars, right? Because right. we got... <laughs> Well, we would know we'd entertain people regardless, whether we were heroes or 
or fools. Well, you guys turned out to be heroes, and um, I, I, I actually I want to get into some questions for you guys because we only, we have a limited amount of time. You had a whole hour up on stage. We only have thirty minutes with you. Um, your uh, your presentation was basically was based around ten frequently asked questions about social media measurement, social media analytics, <laughs> and um, it's a a new science, so to speak. Um, there's a lot of figures out there that are flaky, for want of a better word. Um, so between, what, what do you guys see as being flaky social media measurement? I'll have this one to you to start us off, Adam. Yeah, well, I think, you know, as, as we let off the presentation, you know, we're asked quite frequently. I, I've been a numbers guy for a long time. And um, I, I believe in numbers. I believe in reporting good, solid numbers. But I can also tell you that any number taken out of context uh, can lead you quickly down the wrong path. And so, you know, when you're talking about measuring things like social media and you're obsessed with the number of followers you have or the number of likes your brand is getting or even the number of comments you might be getting, uh, it, it really doesn't mean anything. Without any context, it doesn't mean anything. And so um, one one thing you hit on was the... Uh, um, this being a relatively new science, on, on one hand, I'd almost throw this back to Alan because he, he wrote a book about this uh, being the last great, you know, the last original idea. It really isn't new because all we're basically saying is, hey, listen and be smart. That's really all we're saying. And, and when I would take it one step further, that the numbers, and it's not a new science, analytics at its best, yes, it's a mathematical uh, statistical analysis, which to a degree is a science. And it's about data sampling. And as Adam pointed out, it's taking numbers out of context. And this is what happened in the 90s when the web took off and everyone says, we've got to come up with some measurement tools. We don't know how to measure it. TV and radio had the Nielsen ratings. How are we going to measure a website? And they just looked for anything that they could count. And I always tell people and I remind people that around whatever it was, 96 or so when Yahoo went public, they were reporting hits. Nobody knew what a hit was. And they were reporting, you know, whatever, 20 million hits a day or what some And they were reporting how many files are being served up off their server. A meaningless number because it was out of context. A couple years later, we all started reporting page views and visits. Once again, they're meaningless. And that's the same thing as Adam pointed out when people say, ooh, I got 100,000 followers on Twitter. I go, well, but cool. If, 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 if I can take you back a step, you got 100,000 followers on Twitter. You got X number of likes. You've had people actually commenting on something you said. How can you actually tell if people care about that? Like, what's, what's the measure of, of people caring about, what, about your product or ideas? Well, I don't know what we can say on the radio here, but we had a slide about that that we, you know, do, you know, do people actually cast- give a bleep about your stuff? And... It's not about how many followers or fans you have. It's about how engaged they are. And so that's why we're looking at engagement measurements. Likes and things of that nature are people applauding. People commenting and then commenting on comments, that's engagement. And that's what you start looking at measuring. You want to know if they liked it and do they share it. And shares are probably the most important because that expands your reach. Yeah, I mean, okay. to, add, to add to what Alan said, I mean, if, if, you, if you can actually measure if people are actually sharing your stuff, then you know that they care. If no one's sharing, then no one's caring. And I think, I think somebody actually tweeted that out during our presentation. So There's the whole My Little Pony slide for you. Sharing is caring. That's excellent. Yes. <laughs> hey, we'll have to add that to our <laughs> updated deck. There's a in that, too, isn't there? 
<laughs> and actually, that 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 my whole little my little pony vision brings me to my next question: uh, yep. dealing with the sea level. Oh. We all got to report. We have to report to our clients, and our clients have to report up the ladder, unless we're lucky enough to be reporting to the sea level ourselves. A lot of people shared our information, uh, Mr. CEO. Feel good about that. What what do you tell them? Well, Alan, I'm going to let you take this one because basically Alan has this great quote that I've borrowed uh, many times, but I've always repeated <laughs> it back to him. I, I must note that, including in this slide deck here. So, Alan, I'll let you take this one. All right. Well, uh, I did actually a whole presentation back in November about this, which is when dealing with the sea level, treat them like you would treat an eight-year-old child, which means draw them a pretty picture and keep it – show them some nice numbers and keep it simple. To expand on that, you don't talk to your eight-year-old, and for those of us, my kids are now in the teens, but it's you can't talk to them in acronyms. You can't talk to them in sometimes adult language. You have to talk to them in their language. And that's the key. And draw them pictures. They don't care that 100,000, ooh, that's a big number of followers, or quarter million you know, fans on Facebook. They care about what's going to get them their raise because they're being, they're being managed by objectives, MBO, so there's an acronym to remember, management by objectives, and that might be stock price. So they want to know what you're doing and how that's going to impact stock price, and that's what you want to report. And show them a picture. I always say draw them a treasure map. We're here. Here's where the gold and the, you know, the X marks the spot, but here's the road we have to go along to get there. And by showing them that simple picture using their language, and marking the milestones along the way, and that's what you report on. And they will get that. But if you just start talking, I just spent a quarter million dollars this quarter, and I got us 50,000 fans, are going to go, so? You Could just I lost them. To the bank? <laughs> yeah. we, we talked a, a lot about and, and how metrics can be misleading. What do you do, and this is sort of on metrics, sort of on sea level, when that, that client or, or CEO comes to you and goes, yep, and what does that make me? How, how, do, you, how do you answer that question? And it's, it's a really common one in social media. How do you bridge that? It's not always, it's not you know, like PPC where we measure by conversions. How do you, how do you address that question? Pass this to Adam to start us off. Well, I think there's a couple of different ways you can look at that. I mean, number one, you always have to tie it back to some type of a company goal. So if the C-level comes to me and they're asking me a question, maybe one of their objectives might be to be, you know, the most popular brand. And those are things you can measure just by looking at, I mean, it's not a hard measurement, but you can get there by looking at how often that brand is shared and mentioned within social media. So that is a measurement if that's something that they're looking for, because that is something that they might have stated publicly as an objective. If you're looking at um, things like, you know, if, if you're looking at instant gratification metrics in terms of tying social media activity directly to sales objective, it's not usually there. It usually isn't. If, however, you're looking at, um, social media metrics as far as, okay, are we satisfying our customers? Are we creating opportunities by being good to our customers? Then you can get a lot of great instant gratification metrics, and Alan went over that uh, a lot in our presentation. So, and Alan had a great example as well um, regarding Heinz Ketchup. I think uh, you want to talk to that one, Alan? Yeah, yeah this was one that uh, one of the people out of the marketing department at Heinz UK, I was seeing next to him on a flight a couple of years ago, we started talking about our business, and this came up, and it was a classic example of social. 
Because Heinz doesn't, well, they tried selling ketchup online. You can imagine they don't sell a lot online. But where marketing efforts through a, to building a huge social loyal following is they publish recipes. They measure how many likes they get on a recipe. They look at how many comments and, more importantly, how many shares they're getting. And they've attributed actually a dollar value to it. And the rationale is they've done public surveys that if a recipe specifically says use, you know, quarter of a cup of Heinz ketchup, a certain percentage of people will only do that recipe initially with Heinz ketchup. They may try it another brand the next time, but they will use it if they really like it, and they may try it and they'll come back to Heinz. So they know that that will generate sales when people make the recipe. But people who use ketchup regularly have a bottle in the refrigerator. They have a, sp- a backup in the cupboard because they won't run out. So it's not showing an immediate impact on their sales. But overall, they're looking to maintain market share. And they know at some point down the line that that recipe for someone to use up a quarter of a bottle of ketchup, and that's going to reflect in sales down the line. And they can attribute that. The other opportunity I'll point out is even if you don't have that type of business, you know, what is a happy customer worth that you provided, you know, a customer with information in a quick and social manner? This, this, this might be a silly question and it might, it might be a left field kind of question, but, you know, Alan, as, as you were talking about the Heinz example, I was thinking about um, generating um, brand awareness and brand loyalty. And how social media is all about getting your name, getting your brand, getting your ideas out there and having positive associations and interactions around that. How do you measure that intangible, that loyalty generated? Well, there are a number of tools on the market and and there's some simple tools. You can go into your Hootsuite, your TweetDeck or or Twitter.com and set up a search on your and save search on your brand name and see how often people are talking about you. See what they're saying. Are those increasing in Twitter? Same thing, setting up you know, Google Alerts. You can, there are a number of free tools. You can start spending tools that are like $15 a month to tools that are $30,000, $40,000 a year to monitor how often people are talking about you, which platforms are talking about you, and to a certain degree, what's called sentiment, which is a little flaky uh, measurement in itself. But how many of those Facebook posts, how many of those tweets are positive, negative, neutral? You know, it's, uh, I always use the example, if you're a restaurant, one of those sentiment analysis tools might say, this is a positive one. Great restaurant, if you like bland food. That's not a positive review. <laughs> but, but, but those tools will like look at food. that. But if you like bland food, it's where you want to eat. Yes. <laughs> so, Adam, you were you were trying to break in there. No, I was just going to say. To be fair, if you do like bland food, it's a it's a great review. Um, I, I always say. That. <laughs> I always okay, tend to um, say that social media metrics, whenever we talk about analytics, we talk about metrics, we talk about actionable metrics. It's only really a good measurement if I can actually take something and do something with it. When you're looking at, when you're trying to measure social media, um, it really is the ultimate actionable metrics, I believe, because what, they're t- what, what this audience out there is telling you as a brand, they're telling you if they love you, they're telling you if they hate you, they're telling you why they love you or why they hate you. They might be telling you that you're great. They might be telling you that you suck. They might be telling you what you need to do to improve. They might be telling you what exactly their problem is. 
there's all kinds of interactions that they're having with you that are highly, highly actionable. And one of our closing pieces, um, closing points was, you know, you talk about social media, you talk about, you know, measurement dashboards, analytics dashboards, things like that. You know, if you wait around for the dashboard to tell you what the measurement is, chances are you're probably too late. Because a lot of what goes on in social media and a lot of what you can measure is stuff that you and any brand should be taking action on immediately. And now, um, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I actually put up an example there, which related to Air Canada, where in the metrics, they're not looking at how many people mentioned us, but I mentioned I was having a problem doing an online check-in. They quickly responded saying, follow us so you can DM us your confirmation number. We'll look into it. They got back to me. They have a happy customer because they were able to give me some information what was going on, why I couldn't do an online check-in. So metrics there would be how many issues arise, how many were resolved via social. I didn't have to go on the phone, tie up an operator, much quicker, done. So there are metrics that are actionable, and that's the problem. It's not about follower growth. Those are, those are nice, pretty ones to talk about on the golf score for bragging rights. But talking about satisfaction, resolving issues online is a measurable metrics. And as Adam pointed out, participating in social is a bi-directional communication. And United Airlines learned it the hard way. If we all flash back to United Breaks Guitars, I remember when that was becoming the hot topic and talking to someone who showed them the first tweets talking about it and saying well, you should take action was from a marketing company, and he was showing their, his client, and they said, ah, oh, this band out of eastern Canada, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you bring up a, a great point, and of course, they, they in the case of, uh, of Air Canada, satisfied you, um, satisfied you publicly in a place other people would see that they had good customer service, and then got mentioned on a podcast uh, you know, about about thirty seconds ago. So and I, you in know, the they, slide decks, and we'll be in the <laughs> next book. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so so you're right, and these things aren't as as tangibly easier to to measure. Um, one of the the questions I I know that you uh, you addressed there, and unfortunately I, I wasn't at PubCon. Um, and Jim and I were talking about the the purchase of clout, so it leads right to um, reliable tools for measurement. Um, I know you guys got asked that. I know you covered it. Um, what are some great tools that, that people should use, and, and heck, I'll go with it, is Clout one of them? Okay, well, I'll pass it to Adam in a second. I'll talk about Clout. Clout, about two, or actually about four weeks ago, did a major change in direction. They've actually come out publicly and said they're taking away their focus on as a measurement tool. But yes, they're still giving you your Clout score, but yeah, so what? They are now... A content provider. They're looking at what you talk about on Facebook, what you talk share on Twitter, what your photos are about on Instagram, all those lovely things, where you're checking. And they're actually providing you with content that they think you're going to be interested in. And then you have a little button that says, I don't care about this. And they will adjust their algorithm to provide you with interesting content. I now log into my cloud a couple times a day to see what new articles they put on for me. And of course, then they have a nice little share button. So they have recognized their limitations with measurement. And once again, going back to what Adam uh, said when we started this conversation today, numbers out of context. Having a cloud score of 50 versus a cloud score of 80, does that mean you're more influential or not more influential? It just means you're engaging with more people, and it's an engagement metrics. It's nothing more than that. 
Well, just uh, out of curiosity, Alan, if I share something from my clout feed, will that drive my clout score up? No, not unless people oh, interact with you and comment on on it. Okay. You know, a, 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 a quick, uh, just a quick funny clout story about uh, two and a half years ago, I was giving a presentation at, um, I think it was at SES or OMS, one of those places, and I was I was talking to Alan probably a few weeks before, then Alan happened to kind of casually off off the cuff remark that, hey, at one point, you know, my, my cloud score is higher than Oprah's. And so I happened to actually go on and look, and at that screenshot, Alan had this ridiculously high cloud score, and it was literally, it was, it was higher than Oprah's. So I did, I grabbed two screenshots showing, you know, Alan Connect versus Oprah. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, here's the challenge of measuring this. Now, Oprah, what, what separates Alan and Oprah? I don't know, what, about $200 billion probably, I think? And <laughs> Yeah. Well, we had a bad quarter last month. That's what happened. Yeah. No, but that's the point is I am I am more bi-directional in my communication on social, so that drives up my clout score. Oprah broadcasts. But if Oprah comes out and says, hey, guys, read this book, the book's a bestseller. If I go and read this book, maybe one person of my followers actually click through and buy it because I'm not influential on books. That was me, Alan. I, I clicked through and bought it. There you go. <laughs> but it's that, you know, that's understanding. But it, cloud is measuring your interactivity, how much people are commenting, how much you're interacting with them, how much they're sharing what you say. And realistically, it's, it's a tool for, and where cloud was bringing in revenue, and there's a company out of the UK, Peer Index, which does a similar thing, or cred, is they talk, they, their revenue comes from companies that want to reach influencers on topics. So mm-hmm. saying someone has a cloud score of 60 is their average. But maybe, you know, I have a cloud score of a 90 on social analytics. So I, somebody wants to reach out people who are influential on social analytics can go through cloud, get that drill down list and send them samples on the hope that we're going to talk about it. It's the same adage where, and they still do it, but not as much now, they would target neighborhoods to drop off free samples in hopes that, that the demographics of that neighborhood were the audience who would love your product. And you're going, okay, this neighborhood is 60%. We don't know which houses. But using tools like Clout and Peer Index or Cred, you probably took it down to you've got a 90% chance that the people you're reaching with this product are your target audience. They are people who are going to talk, if they like your product, are going to talk about it. And that's what your goal is. And that's where we're cred, uh, clout and cred and pure were making money is by getting brands to come to them to reach an t- identifiable audience who is influential on specific topics. Or okay, specific guys, I've got to I've got to jump in here. I've got we got we've got to go to break really quickly. We should have gone to break about three minutes ago, but I didn't want to interrupt anybody. I'm um, gonna get you guys to stick around for another couple minutes. Sure thing. Yeah. Well, Excellent. Folks, you listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 27th of March, 2014. We're going to be back after these shortened messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. And events. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, this is Jim Hedger for Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We're back here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 27th of March, 2014, and we are joined by Adam Prohl from Nordic Click and Alan Kanak, also from Digital Always Media. We've been talking about social media measurement and... Uh, Guys, we're rounding stuff out. We got about six minutes left. Uh, big brands. There's got to be something that big brands forget—a signal, a measurement, um, some metric that just should cross their minds but doesn't. What is it? That's yours, Adam. Go for it. Well, I think you know. If I'm taking this, I think the biggest thing is um, when you, when you're thinking about um, you know what you can measure is search. Everyone's focused on that. If there's, you know, if, if I if I were to ask a question, say, you know, what is the one key? In fact, actually, we did ask this question at the presentation. We said, all right, you know, forget, you know, before you're thinking about H1 tags and you're thinking about, you know, meta your metadata and you're thinking about your title tags and all that good stuff. What is the one key component of search? And then one person raised his hand and said, intent. There has to be some level of intent. Sure. So if if one of the things you're measuring is, you know, how often do people you know, Google your brand or some variation of your brand or some variation of, you know, of a product name. There has to be some level of intent before someone actually goes in there and starts typing in a query into, into a search engine. And so this is where social can really, really help into that. We gave a few different examples there. So, for example, one of the things we showed on the slide was um, I put up a picture of a, of a personal watercraft. And I asked a simple question, what is this? First person raised their hand and said, it's jet ski. Nope. That's wrong. A jet ski is a trademark term from Kawasaki. Can't use that. What is, uh, it's a wave runner. Nope, sorry. Wave runner is a trademark term from Yamaha. Can't use that in any of your page content. It's, it was a Sea-Doo. It was a Sea-Doo brand personal watercraft. Alan had a couple examples regarding a, a Toyota case, case study that he did a couple years ago. And so that's one thing that brands tend to forget to look about is that is social's true impact on just behavior and intent that drives those keyword queries. Okay. Well, I guess that, that leads to another question that's just got to be asked. Um, we're talking about social, social, social. But how does social influence search? Well, As I'll question. take that one because this is where if you are participating in social, so whether you're partake, this is a social engagement between Adam, myself, you and Dave, where people are listening to a conversation, like going to a cocktail party, people learn about you. But you also have the ability to influence the ongoing conversation. So by having people follow you on Twitter, uh, 
becoming fans on Facebook, within uh, following your G Plus page, whatever the, your Instagram flow, your Pinterest, you have an opportunity to bombard them with your message. So in the case, let's say, of CDU, if you're participating in a personal watercraft forum, you can get people to start seeing when well our personal our CDU personal watercraft. So you can start occupying mind share. So when people are ready to make that decision about a personal watercraft, what name is going to come to mind? Well, this is a company that's been in my social circles. This is someone I trust because they've given me a great advice of what to look for in a personal watercraft. They're the ones who talk to me about water safety in personal watercrafts. They're the ones who put up these really cool pictures. That is where social can influence what someone, when they're ready to buy, goes in and searches. So they're no longer searching on a personal watercraft or a jet ski or wave runner. Oh, I'm going to go look for a CD because these guys are cool. So you have that ability to get the mind share, which will influence the intent of what the person's looking for. Okay, and speaking of mind share, it's important that we share your slides with the audience. Um, folks, I'm not going to give you a URL. It's really hard to hear a URL over the radio. Go to the Digital Always Media blog. Um, we've posted the um, presentation that Adam and Alan had at PubCon. You can also go to SlideShare and search for it yourself. Type in social media analytics. I understand it. Well, it had like 4,400 likes or something up at SlideShare. So it's it's in their top 10 right now. So it's easy to find. Um, so again, you can find it at the at the Digital Always Media blog, or you can find it up on SlideShare. Now just do a quick search for it, Social Media Analytics with Alan Connect and Adam Prohl. Dave, um, I think we've got time for one more question. I, I, I think you have it. I, I do. Um, I'll, I guess we'll have to keep, uh, keep the answers brief. But we've talked a lot about uh, Air Canada and, and big brands and stuff. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners aren't Air Canada or, or Starbucks. What can small brands do? What are, what are some examples of small brands doing it right that we can learn from? Well, I'm going to let Alan take this one briefly because I learned something brand new. I learned that actually that Canada actually has a barbecue joint. You can actually get barbecue in Canada. And Alan gave a great example of this place that I intend to visit when I come to Toronto to see says you guys. Says the guy from Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> yeah, says the guy from – all right. Uh, classic example. This was a little Yo, local barbecue hamburger joint in my neighborhood. It opened up – I heard about it the old traditional social way. A friend told me, have you checked out this new place that opened the other week? Best burgers around. I went and checked in. The girl behind the counter, she took me order, she goes, she asked a little bit, oh, how'd you hear me? Oh, have you liked us on Facebook yet? And I went, no, of course, my ears perked up. She goes, gives me a piece of paper that says, please like us on Facebook with their Facebook URL to get, <clears throat> find out about specials and other news. I, of course, I came home with that piece of paper. I liked it. I kept it. I now get their specials. And you get announcements. And they encourage, if you post, hey, I just tried this special. I just tried this. When you go in there, they encourage you to comment on it. This small local business said, we're not going to buy Yellow Pages. We're not going to do any direct mail or, or mail drops. We're just going to do Facebook and word of mouth. They sell out of products constantly. They are a huge success, and they have nothing but loyal followers because the good thing about them is you walk in the door, they're friendly. You post something on Facebook, they're friendly. They don't care about Foursquare. They just said Facebook. So they have more business than they can handle right now. So there's a small business. It's a family-owned business that's booming. And, Adam, when you are up in Toronto, Alan's right. We are going to take you there. you got to try this place. I cannot wait. I, I, I cannot wait. I cannot. Okay, guys, we got to go. We're at the end of the hour. Um, Alan Click from Digital Always Media. Adam Prohl from Nordic Click. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on Webcology. Friends, you've listened to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, that's Dave at Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Jim at Digital Always Media. We're going to be back next week. I'm going to be live from the Click C Conference in New York. And stay tuned. We've got some great content coming up after the news. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. (laughs) 